Welcome to the Inspirational Visions Starting Over Podcast. I'm Mary Markham, your host and Starting Over Spiritual Life Coach. On this show, you will hear raw, real, starting over stories with struggles, challenges, experiences, and messes that turned into beautiful, powerful messages. It is my hope that these stories help you along your starting over journey. Here's to starting over again. Today's episode is brought to you by the Howl the Owl book series by author Brenda E. Cortez. Howl stands for Help Others with Love, and his books promote kindness and organ donation awareness. Visit howltheowl.com to order your copy today. Have you hit rock bottom? Are you settling for mediocre or working your life away? Have you said, I just can't take this anymore? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to give up on everything, everyone, even my life. We'll just stop right there. Listen to today's guest, Sarah Liebenthal, and her inspiring story of how she went from rock bottom to multipreneur. Don't give up. Listen to this incredibly inspiring story. I always forget that. All right. Well, welcome, Sarah Liebenthal. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you, Mary? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being with us today. And Sarah's going to share her um, amazing starting over story. But before we begin, um, share with the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, what you do and whatever you want to share. Yeah. So currently I am a life and transformation coach and an event planner for women specifically. Um, I work with women basically uh, just kind of rewiring our brains and working with um, those negative thought patterns, negative beliefs that we have about ourselves and those things that kind of hold us back from doing the things that we've always wanted to do, but always been afraid to do. Um, I was one of those women for a very, very long time who just kind of settled and settled for mediocre and did what society, you know, told me I should do kind of hustled my way to the top and put in the hours and felt that hours was the equivalent of dollars, you know, so we have to work a certain amount of hours to make a certain amount of money. And that was what I thought that I had to do. Um, and it took some really rough times in my life to realize that um, there is a better way and a, a more um, divine way for women to work and kind of develop themselves and embrace their femininity and their power to just kind of develop into who we're meant to be. Um, so I work with women on kind of embracing that and getting past those limiting beliefs that we hold. Um, and I also plan events for women. Um, and those events kind of vary anywhere from very specific events on healing or self-help to um, just empowerment and things like that um, to body love and self-love and fun sort of events like just small get-togethers and gatherings um, to focus on nature and connecting with yourself and your soul and things like that so that's awesome 
two incredible different fields. Yes. So I'm really curious, like what got you interested in becoming a transformational coach? Um, honestly, it was my own journey. Um, so my breaking point, I would say would have been when I kind of hit my ultimate low. Um, and I knew I needed to make changes in my life. Um, and I started reaching for self-help to help myself. And once I realized how much of a change it made in me, I was like, I want to help other women do the same thing. I saw people in my family and my closest friends struggling the same way I was. And I was like, if I can make these changes and I'm a very stubborn person, <laughs> these other people can make these changes too. Um, and so that's what got me kind of to transition from doing it for myself to helping other people do it too. Nice. That's awesome. And while we're talking about it, like why event planning? So I have always loved planning things ever since I was a kid. Um, part of it is my like type A personality. I, I like to be in control. I like to plan things and know how things are going and plan my day. And I'm very organized and that's just how I am. Um, but I can remember back to when I was pregnant with my daughter and all my sisters and my mom wanted to plan my baby shower for me. And there was a little part of me that wanted to be involved in planning my own baby shower. And that's not typical. Like most people want other people to do it for them. Um, so I helped, like they still got the food together and did all of that, but I helped, we handmade all of our invitations. Um, that was back when um, stamping up was a really big thing and like making your own cards and stuff like that. So we handmade all of our own invitations and sent them all out. And I think more people than I actually invited ended up showing up. And my sisters were all like, you should be an event planner. Your events always turn out amazing. And it, I kind of laughed it off like, ha ha ha, whatever, you know, yeah. but it kind of always stuck in the back of my head. And finally, once I started doing all this work on myself and kind of putting all of those limiting beliefs, like I can't really do that. I can't really make my dreams come true. I can't do that. Um, aside and realizing that I can do these things, I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it. And I finally just decided at the beginning of 2021 that I was going to plan my first event. And that's what I did. So January, 2021, I started putting together my first event and May 2nd of 2021, I hosted my first She Can event. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. I love that. I love that phrase. She can, cause it yeah. I mean, just anybody can, she can. Exactly. Mm. And it took me a little bit of time to figure out what I was going to call it. Um, and my coaching business actually started out as beautiful transformations with Sarah. And that was the name of what my coaching business was going to be. And I was, kind of like, it's cute, but it wasn't really me. Like it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't the message I wanted to get across. And I was like, this isn't right. This just doesn't feel right for me. And I was just sitting there brainstorming one day. And I was like, this doesn't sound like badass enough for me. Like it just doesn't sound good enough. Yeah. And I finally just came across, I came across she can when I was brainstorming with a friend of mine. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I was like, that's it. And right then and there, I knew I was going to rebrand myself and rebrand my coaching as she can and my event planning as she can. And that's, that's what it's been ever since. I love it. I love it. 
And she does an awesome job on her event planning too. <laughs> I, just saying, <clears throat> definitely. I'm going to put a plug out there for you because it, it, it was amazing. Um, so, so now we know like where you are now. So yeah. what exactly brought you to this? What was your starting over pivotal moment story? Yeah. So I think I would say my entire life has been a series of starting over moments, um, multiple, you know, relationships that had, you know, kind of fallen apart. Um, but the biggest starting over moment, kind of the rock bottom where I literally like transformed my life and changed completely, um, was about three, almost four years ago now, um, is kind of where it started. I was a 911 dispatcher and a police officer. And that was what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that was me settling. Now I always wanted to be a lawyer, but I was always scared of the money commitment and the time commitment. Um, law school is three years on top of a four-year degree. So it's about seven years of school and it's a lot of money. Um, and I was like, this is way too much money, way too much time. So I settled for a four-year degree and thought being a cop or a dispatcher would have been close enough. Um, and I thought that that was good enough. I was working between three different part-time cop jobs, being a barn manager at a barn for horses and my full-time 911 dispatch job, about 110 hours a week. Oh my goodness. I was sleeping. Yeah. I was sleeping about three hours a day at most. And it was normally broken sleep, like an hour here, an hour there. Um, and to be honest with you, I was doing most of that because I didn't want to be home. I was in a really toxic relationship with a man who had cheated on me a couple of times. And I didn't want to admit that we were not meant to be. And I was scared to leave. I didn't want to be alone. Just like most women, like you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be in your thirties and starting over again. You don't want to leave, um, you know, a relationship that you've been with for five years. You don't want to admit that it's, you've let this person cheat on you multiple times and put up with it. And so I just kind of felt stuck. And so I was working so that I didn't have to be home and face all of that and deal with the fact that I, you know, had a failing relationship at home. Um, and it was a single mom. So I also had that kind of piece hanging over my head. Like I had to be the provider. I had to take care of her. I had to raise my daughter. Um, and I had already had one failed long-term relationship with her father. So I didn't want to admit that I had failed at another relationship. Mm -hmm. So... I um, finally hit my breaking point with him when I came home and found another woman in the house. So I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. Um, so it took me a little bit of time um, to get some things sorted out. I had actually just gotten in a car accident and was waiting on some settlement money from a car accident. And so we were broken up, but still staying in the same house. Um, and I just decided to stay away from the house as much as possible. Um, so I continued to pick up more overtime and 
work even harder. And everybody at work had no idea what was going on. They just thought I was the nice person who was picking up all the overtime for them, like trying to work all these extra hours and do all these things to help people. And um, I didn't really tell them that I was, my relationship was in shambles and that I was depressed and that I was dealing with, you know, feelings and emotions of worthlessness and all of that sort of thing. I just, you know, oh, I'm just working because I like working. Oh, I just am working because I don't want you to have to miss your son's birthday party. I don't want you to have to miss that thing with your mom. I want you to be able to get sleep. All the while I was missing time with my daughter and I was missing time with my family and I was not sleeping. Um, And it really started to take a toll on my body and my mind. Uh, I have really bad migraines. I've always had them ever since I was a teenager. And I have some other health stuff that I've had going on, some hip issues, some back issues, and it all just continued to get worse and kind of pile on and pile on and pile on. And um, I got to the point where I felt sick all the time. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I just thought that was like my normal state. I was almost like a walking zombie. Like I was just sick all the time. I had a headache all the time and I would just thought it was normal. And... Um, I started to get so bad that I would like have to close my eyes at work. And I was never to the point where I was like falling asleep, like messing things up or missing stuff, but it was enough to the point where people around me were noticing and, um, I was getting in trouble for it, unfortunately. And, um, I had gotten written up a couple of times for it and it continued to get worse. And the biggest complaint I have for it is the place that I was working at um, never gave me a chance to correct it. They basically wrote me up three times and they have progressive discipline. So they wrote me up and gave me a suspension day, but because of the way the scheduling works, the suspension day was scheduled a month away. And then they wrote me up a second time, like within a week, and this it was a suspension a week suspension, but that was scheduled three weeks away. And then before I got to do any of that sort of suspension time to recuperate and reset is what they told me. They're like, oh, we're giving you this time off. Like, yeah, it's unpaid time off and it's a punishment, but it's also meant for you to reset and recuperate and get your mind right and get healthy. Um, I got, I had one more instance where they came up to me and saw me leaning back with my eyes closed and and they sent me home immediately and ended up terminating me. But that was all before I ever got to take any of that time off to, to kind of heal. Um, and oh, hold on one second. That was weird. I had a weird notification pop up on my phone. Sorry about that. Um, and so I never got the chance to recuperate and kind of heal and figure out what was going on with myself because my work had never given me that chance. And so um, I had doctor's appointments set up. I had started to quit jobs and put in two week notices, but I never, I'm not the type of person to just quit. Um, So I didn't get the chance. Like I had already quit one of the part-time jobs, had put in two-week notice at another part-time job. I quit managing the barn, but given them till the end of March. And so I was making all the right changes, but it just wasn't fast enough 
for my place of employment. And March 31st was when the last instance took place. And so the morning of April 1st, I got a phone call that I was terminated. And um, I literally like hit my breaking point. Like I was like, I thought, I thought my life was over. Like I didn't know what to do. I went from being a cop and an I one dispatcher who worked my life away to my full-time employment being like gone. And I didn't know what to do. Thankfully, um, so while all of this was going on, um, even though I, I had moved out of my ex's house about two months prior to this. Um, so while all this was going on, I was slowly making these changes that I needed to do. And I had started talking to um, my now fiance, soon to be husband. But um, at the time we were just talking, we were just kind of, you know, chatting back and forth. He had just gotten out of a 19 year relationship. So we were really looking for anything either of us at the time we were just kind of looking for someone to find comfort in I guess um but we realized how similar our stories were and he was the one who really really pushed myself to start taking care of me and seeing the worth in myself and seeing how much I was hurting myself by doing all of these things and um he (laughs) the day that I got terminated, I actually left work and he lives, which is now where I live about five minutes from where we worked because I worked with him or at the time worked with him. He still works there. So I drove, I left work and drove to his house and I crawled in bed with him that morning and I'm sobbing obviously. And he's like, what, you know, what happened? And I didn't say anything because I was ashamed. I was super, super ashamed. Like you don't want to tell somebody you got fired, especially somebody you work with that you're trying to like date and kind of pursue. And, um, he was also a supervisor there. So I was like, I definitely don't want to tell him that this just happened. So I was just sobbing and shaking and he was just holding me as I'm crying. And he, obviously got like a text message from the other supervisors that something had happened and there would be something in his email and he automatically knew, you know, and I was like, I think I'm going to be fired. And I hadn't officially been told yet, but he's like, you don't know that you don't know that, you know, trying to make it a little bit of a brighter situation. I'm like, no, I know it. I feel it in my heart. Like I know it. And, um, he had to go to work that day. So he went to work. Of course they didn't tell him anything, but, um, they called me a couple hours later and told me, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. So I had gotten in my car and started to drive around. And at that moment I had decided um, that I thought it would have been better for me to end my life than to stay here. Um, I felt like I was a failure. Um, I had failed my daughter. I had failed everybody around me. My mom used to tell me how proud of me she was. And I'm like, she wouldn't be proud of me now. Like, why would she be proud of me? Like, um, so I wrote my daughter a note and I got my car with my duty pistol and had drove around and I had picked, um, Holy Hill up in Washington County to be the spot. So I was just kind of driving around in the area until I finally, you know, worked up the courage. And it was funny 
well, not funny, but ironic, I guess, because I look back at it and every time I finally was like, okay, this is it. Dwayne would call my phone. And I'm like, why is he calling me? He's at work. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop calling me. But he would call me and he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just driving around. He's like, you should really go back to my house and sleep. Like you haven't slept yet. I'm like, I'll be fine, you know? And literally like every time I felt like I finally built a little bit of courage and I would feel it like in my chest, he would call me. And then like, you know, I would like back down and I wouldn't have the courage again. And I'd have to like build it back up. And then he'd call me again and I'd end up backing back down. And then, and it happened probably three or four times. And then finally I was just like frustrated. And I was like, all right, I get it. Like, okay, God, if you're really talking to me right now, if you're really like saying that this isn't right and isn't what I'm supposed to do right now, you'll have him call me again. And sure enough, like literally within probably two minutes of me like saying that, he calls me again. And I was like, okay, fine, I get it. And I ripped up the note that I had written because I obviously didn't want Lily to ever find it and I threw it out the car window and I drove to his house and I went to sleep for probably like two hours and then I had to get up and go pick up Lily from school and stuff um but it was crazy because that was literally my starting over point like I I almost felt like even though I didn't actually do it I almost did like, it's hard to explain, but I almost feel like I did die in that moment. Like a part of me did die in that moment and I was reborn or came back or something because I'm completely a different person from that moment than I was before that moment. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to me. Like when I think back on it, like I literally changed within a split second. Like I have never, I've always had a semi-close relationship with God it, it, it wanes and you know kind of ebbs and flows um there were moments that I drifted away and kind of came back to my faith and things like that and so I was always like there he was always kind of there but I was never really religious um I was never brought up in a super religious family we would go to church on holidays things like that and then right around fourth grade I would go to church with a friend of mine but it was never like super serious. We mainly just went there to hang out with our friends. Mm -hmm. And so he was always kind of there, but never like really in my life. And then I feel like I never really had an answered prayer in my life until that day. And that one prayer I prayed, he answered and it changed me forever. I was going to say, because he's got big plans for you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible story. So, so that was kind of, that was definitely the starting over moment. And then I later found out, so kind of leading to where I am today now, I later found out that all that sickness I was feeling, I was actually suffering from severe adrenal insufficiency, mm -hmm. um, as well as my migraines and, um, I have occipital neuralgia. So there was actually some pretty severe medical stuff going on with me, which is, was causing me to feel that way. And, um, all of that. And a lot of it came from the severe fatigue that I was putting my body through. Um, and it all kind of makes sense looking back on it now, why I was feeling the way I was. And it sucks that I didn't get to correct any of that 
but everything happens for a reason. And I got terminated from that job to put me in the shoes that I'm in today. So I don't regret anything happening the way that it did. And I don't hold any animosity for anybody there. Um, you know, it, it happened to make me who I am today and I'm way better off now than I was then. So, yeah, I love how, I mean, just how it just kind of, um, brought you to this transformational coach and how that story it's so powerful, Sarah, um, what you went through. So somebody listening that is at that low, low point like that, and they're ready to take that plunge, what would you say to them? Maybe they don't have a belief. What would you mm -hmm. say? I think, I mean, obviously everybody says, don't do it. Like that's yeah. what everybody says, but I think what I would tell them is you don't have to look hard to see the signs that you're meant to be here. You just have to look. You just have to be willing to look and be open to look. So you may not believe in God, but you may believe in something. You know, you may believe that there's somebody on the other side trying to communicate with you, whether it's your mom or your grandma or you know, a baby you lost or a pet, you know, there may be something out there that you feel a connection to. And all you have to do is open your eyes and look and you'll see them trying to communicate with you. There, there are so many signs that I see now that I never, ever, ever would have been open to before. Um, you know, angel numbers and things like that. I don't know how much everybody believes in all that stuff, but there's just so many things that are so much more than just a coincidence mm -hmm. in our lives that I have to believe there's more out there, you know, trying to show us that we're on the right path and we're meant to do something great and you're meant to do something more. And as long as you're open to it and you're open to receiving it, yeah, you're going to see it. Absolutely. So I think, you know, if you're at that low point and you're you just, you don't have anything to believe in. All you have to do, I think is just, I would suggest just, just take a breath and just repeat the words. Like I am open. I'm open to receiving whatever is out there for me. And then just see what comes, you know, just remain open and see what comes to you because something will, whatever it is, something will come to you and it'll show you that you're meant to be here and you're meant to do something great. Yeah. And I also want to point out, you know, that there's always somebody for support. Like, I mean, obviously you weren't with doing for a long period of time, but enough where there was that, that connection, that support that you mm -hmm. turned to him. And I yes. think, you know, there's always somewhere to turn. I think that's there very is. important to, for people to hear. Um, there is. And Nowadays, there's so many free resources too. Like yeah. there's free text lines. I forgot what it is. Like two on one, you can text now and get a, a, a free talk with somebody. There's other helplines that you can text. So like all you have to do is do like text number for, for free counselor and Google it and you'll come up with a someone you can text and it's free. Um, you know, I've gone to therapy. I've gone to myofascial release. I've gone to massage therapy. I go to energy healing. Like I do all of these things. I don't just read the self-help books. I don't 
just journal. Like I, it all comes together and there's so many different resources and find what works for you because there's a lot of different things that can help and, and will work for you. Right. Oh, that's so true. Everybody's different, but find what works for you. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So obviously this is the story that really impacted your decision. I would imagine to become yes. a transformational coach and mm -hmm. I mean, how beautiful is that? Yeah. So do you, through all of this, now looking back or even now that you were open to see the signs around you, is there something that you do every day that keeps you centered? I mean, I know, like you said, there's a lot of things out there, but what do you specifically do every day? Like an absolute must, I got to do this to keep myself centered and focused? So every single day, um, it used to be just weekdays, but now I do it every day, including weekends. Um, I get up almost at the exact same time every day, somewhere between five and five 30 every morning, sometimes a little bit earlier on four 45. Um, and I have the same morning routine, which is I typically get up and I'll pack Dwayne's lunch for him. If he works that day, um, and then I will sit down with my, I make myself a cup of coffee. I sit down with my cup of coffee. I do gratitude journaling every morning. And with that, I also, um, write out 10 goals or intentions for sometimes it's the week. Sometimes it's the year. It's, it's normally a mix. So I have like three to five goals or intentions that are short-term. And then I have a couple that are more long-term. Um, and then I recently over the last like three to five months, make sure that I enjoy my cup of coffee. Um, because I used to, when I would finish my gratitude planning, all of that sort of stuff, be like, okay, chug the coffee, get up and start my day. Um, but then I would feel rushed throughout my entire day and rushed throughout all of my work and just kind of feel like I had to always go, 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 go. And it was almost kind of bringing me back to the days where I felt like I had to work all the time and um, it wasn't benefiting me any. And so I kind of realized that and Dwayne actually pointed it out to me. Like he's like, I kind of feel like you're turning back into your old self again. Um, so instead I finished my gratitude planning and I sit on the couch and I finish my cup of coffee and I look out the window or I pet the dogs or I look at the dogs and watch them play or do whatever. And I make, make sure that I just enjoy that cup of coffee, whether it takes me five minutes or 15 minutes. Um, and I just relax. And that just kind of helps me set the, the mood and the just set myself up for a successful day without be, being overwhelmed and anxious and overworked and all of that sort of thing. And that's what I do every single morning. That's beautiful. I, I acknowledge you for all of those things. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. I, I laugh because um, I only drink one cup of coffee a day. <laughs> I'm, I've learned to enjoy being in the present moment. So it's funny mm -hmm. that you say that about the coffee because I've been taking and being intentional about that as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I watch my dog outside and it's like, okay, <laughs> I just love the, the connection there. Yeah, I love my coffee, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you have um, 
like a favorite mantra quote that keeps you going through all of this? You know, I have, I have a few. Um, I have quite a few that I say, and it just kind of depends on my mood and um, where I am. But I think the one that kind of sticks out to me the most lately mm-hmm. and has been the most helpful over the last probably two years, kind of since COVID started and all this stuff is um, let it be easy. Mm. Uh, and I actually forgot about this one for a while. And then I just started working with a business coach recently who has been <laughs> helping me kind of remind me of that because of my type A personality, because of my organizational skills and all of this sort of stuff. I'm very like, well, if this doesn't work, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. And she's like, no, you don't let it be easy. Be open to letting it come to you and it will come to you. Mm. Um, Our society teaches us, especially as women, that we have to work for everything and that we have to work sometimes harder than men because we're women and we're treated unfairly. But that's not always true. And sometimes we just have to let it be easy. You know, I, I would catch myself even in small things such as someone buying me a gift or offering to pay for dinner. Heck, even sometimes Dwayne being like, I'm paying for dinner tonight, like arguing with him. Like he's my fiance. Why would I argue with him about <laughs> buying dinner? It's, it's our money anyway, you know, right. like, but I do like, I catch myself doing that. And it's the whole pride thing. It's the whole strength and being stubborn and all of that. And so I have to constantly remind myself, like, let it be easy. Let life be easy. Mm. Be open to letting the stuff come to you and accept it. And what's meant for you will come to you. Um, So that's definitely the one that I have been trying to live by daily. Oh, I love that. That is, it's so simple and yet so powerful, right? (laughs) Yes. And very difficult for a lot of people. (laughs) Right. Right. I love it. (laughs) You know, a lot of people are like, that was too easy. You hear that a lot. Like that was too easy. Like I must've done it wrong. That was too easy, you know, but it's, that's not, not normally the case. Like a lot of times it's just meant to be easy. Yeah. Let's not overcomplicate it. (laughs) Exactly. So what is your legacy message to our audience besides let it be easy? I think, I think this was, this was when I glanced over the questions, I was like, I don't know. This one I think is tough for me because there's so many things I want to leave for everyone. And I think for each person, it's different. Like the legacy I want to leave with each person is different because every human being is different. I said, but, but overall, I think what the legacy I want to leave and the legacy, like I want to leave for my family is that, you know, I just, I want people to know that every single person that's out there is meant to do something amazing. Mm -hmm. And that definition of amazing is different for everybody, 
like amazing to the person down the street might be being the best dang car mechanic out there or amazing to Dwayne might be being a great trainer and you know business executive or amazing to my daughter Lily is a great photographer and amazing to you know Angelina my stepdaughter is a NICU nurse Mm. and it's different to everybody but the thing to remember is never to settle for anything less than you're amazing Mm. So whatever you're amazing is, don't settle for anything less than that. So if you're amazing is to be a doctor, go be the best dang doctor you can be. Don't settle for being a nurse. Don't settle for being a CNA. Don't settle for working at McDonald's when you know that you're meant to do something more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're never going to be fully fulfilled and your cup is never going to be full if you don't reach for your definition of amazing. Yes. I love that. And really it, it really solidifies having and taking that leap of faith. Yes. And you took that leap of faith when you started over your journey and now look at the amazing woman you are, you're fulfilling your dreams. Mm -hmm. You're going back to school. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's a whole nother, whole nother part. I am, I am going to law school. Yeah, so. That's awesome. And she's a transformational coach, an event planner. I mean, she's on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it's not just any, um, any type of planner. I mean, you do a lot of different things. And so with that being said, how can people best connect with you? Um, it's easiest to reach me on either Instagram or Facebook, uh, Facebook right now. I'm Sarah Liebenthal or you can find me at she can coaching, um, Instagram. I miss Sarah Liebenthal. Um, although I am getting married in August, so that will be changing to miss Sarah Bondar, uh, which is easier to spell. So hopefully it'll be easier to find me. Um, <laughs> Otherwise she can coaching.com is my okay. website. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's sad. She can awesome. Um, and yeah, it, you can find all my coaching packages. I have some merchandise you can buy the events that I'm planning are up there as well. Um, we have an event coming up in September, um, in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin for, it's a body love and boudoir event for women only, um, meant to be more of like a fun event, uh, more a little, there'll be some seriousness, but only after the pictures are done. So we don't ruin anyone's makeup, um, right. but just kind of focusing on loving our bodies and loving ourselves exactly who we are. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for, oh my gosh, such great information. A lot of takeaways, just let it be easy and, you know, keep the faith. So awesome. This is great. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. All right. I hope this episode taught, inspired, encouraged, or gave you hope along your starting over journey. Subscribe today to stay connected and make a difference by sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. And don't forget to head over to howtheowl.com for your copy of the How the Owl book series. And if you're starting over and suffering with fear of the unknown, 
Needing guidance along your journey? Contact me at maryamarkham.com. And remember, be kind, be you, live, laugh, and love. Until next time.